Mental health check-in with Lee. Come on and check-in with me. Mental health check-in with Lee. Come on and check-in with me. Mental health check-in with Lee. Come on and check-in with me. Come on and check-in with me. Mental health check-in with Lee. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Mental Health Check-In with Leek. Today, I have a special guest, my brother, Christopher. How are you doing today, my brother? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing pretty good. Thank you for saying yes. I'm always thankful to all my guests that come say yes to talk mental health. That's not an easy subject to talk about, but thank you for saying yes to come on here. Absolutely. Glad to be here. So let's get into these questions. I asked all my guests this question, and I'm going to ask you, how is your mental health? Oh, my mental health is good. It's better, I should say. Uh, through the ups and downs, I'm not counting my emotions. You know, life journey, day-to-day emotions can be like a roller coaster. But overall, projectively, my, my mental health is good. It's stable. It has a pulse. Uh, and I check it daily. I check in on it weekly. So it's good to make sure that's healthy. Make sure I'm taking in what I need to take in for it to stay healthy. That's so dope. It has a post. I check it daily. Damn, that's dope. Thank you for that. I like to ask that question because I feel like um people could be struggling, right? Oh yeah. And they just you could ask, I could say, Chris, how you doing? Chris could be like, Oh yeah. You know, I'm okay. You know how us men do. You know, we say I'm okay, I'm good, I'm okay. But you know, when you ask that question, how's your mental health? I feel like that opens the door for you know a deeper conversation for someone to say, like, you know what? I'm okay, but mentally I'm struggling. So thank you for answering that question. There's no right or wrong answers to that question, but thank you for answering that question, my brother. Yeah. My next question, growing up, was it okay not to be okay for you? Okay not to be okay. No, it wasn't. It it wasn't okay to not be okay. I grew up uh, in a a childhood, a family uh, where we had to wear masks. Besides my, my parents, occupations or their titles we had to wear a mask so even if we were having a smiling face saying we're okay inside inwardly we were bleeding Uh, and we had to you know uphold that you know the old saying carry yourself by your bootstraps and I grew up watching my parents do just that so uh, counteract that now I live in a space to where it's okay not to be okay and it took a long time for me to learn that and process that. But yeah, growing up, man, no, and you couldn't, you could not be okay. You could not bleed. You had, and we done that. I seen them do that leading. They were leading people while bleeding themselves. So, yeah, definitely. So good. Like I love the X. That's like my second best follow up question because like it's it's real good to see how people grew up differently and stuff like that and different answers to that question because everybody grows up differently different but different background you know where you from you know city or state wherever you from everybody grows up differently yeah. and you know we could all be black you know <laughs> you all put everything white every just everybody grows up differently so thank you for answering that yeah my next question for you right there is a stigma surrounding men's mental health. I mean, mental health, but yeah. there's a bigger stigma surrounding men's mental health saying that we can't cry. We can't be depressed. You know, we have to man up. We have to get over it. You know, yeah. what do you say to that stigma? Uh, that stigma now has a lot of men in a space to where I believe men are crying. I believe men are saying something. I believe a lot of men today, men are trying to voice how they feel. 
Yeah. I think they just do it silently. I believe because we live in a society, we live in a culture to where men, men aren't allowed to cry. Men aren't allowed to, you gotta, you know, get it how you live. Men are hustlers, men are providers, men are this, men are that. Uh, and so with all of that, I guess, burden or cultural pressures that we're, or some type of unquote unquote standards that we're allowed to be put on ourselves, men take that, you know, with men take that miscommunicatedly. And I think we just get into a space to where we are voiced, we're trying to voice to our children, we're trying to voice to our coworkers, we're trying to voice to our spouses how we feel, what we need, but I think we do it, we do it silently, and that what leaves us dying, that what leaves us, I guess, living depleted, or always pouring from an empty cup, trying to do for others, and not being able to really emotionally do for ourselves. Oh, mic drop, that was good, <laughs> <laughs> that was good, um, my next question for you, what are you doing in today's world to spread the awareness about mental health? Oof. First of all, I'm in order for me to spread anywhere, I got to make sure I spread it in me. I got to get in these things. <laughs> so I'm spreading it in me. And I believe the more and more I continue to really pour and invest in myself, it just becomes, it just, it just really pours out around me. People are surrounded. You know, when you eat healthy, everybody else begin. At first, they get convicted, they get a little shady. You know, I got, but then when they get with you, they know, all right, I'm getting with Malik. I got I, I know the places he want to go, I know the kind of food he want to eat. So we can't just go anywhere, you know, and it just really, it just becomes a domino effect. Uh, so now I'm in a space to where not only am I invested in myself, my mental health, uh, physical health, uh, but I'm, I'm doing projects. I'm writing books. I'm joining on podcasts like we're doing uh, currently. Um, I'm doing projects uh, with guys, different countries across the United States where we're implementing spaces, safe spaces for men to be able to come on, share what they share their vulnerability, share their transparency, uh, what they're dealing with. But most importantly, I'm 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 an open space to where men can come. I have a man cave that I've been running for the past like nine years now. And it's a space where men come to man and they're able to really not only get poured into, but they're able to pour out yeah. uh, and detox from what they've been harboring and the trauma and all the mess they've been harboring for so many years. And get to a better, safe, safe space. So, is the man cave in person or virtual? It's in person. It can be virtual. Uh, it's really more intimate in person because of the conversation. And you know, you know, nowadays, you know, technology. And you know, I got, I got your own speakerphone. <laughs> hey, brother, sharing your business. I got your own speakerphone with nine other people in the room. So we try to keep it very intimate and closure. You know, just as well as using a counseling room, the door is closed. It's just you and your therapist. So we try to keep it like that. And, you know, it's, it's a good amount of men that we have come out, but it's also a good amount of intimacy that's in the room that can't really be counteracted on the screen, on Zoom. It's just not really felt, you know? So yeah. we kind of keep it, we try to keep it high, climb, but behind closed doors. Oh, that's good. That's good. And where is it located at? Like where, where? Uh, well, I have one here in Boston and I also have one in Charlotte. Hey. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about, man. Everybody that's listening, Boston and Charlotte, you need somewhere to go yeah. to talk, you know, let your feelings yeah. out. You know, you're a man. Hit Chris up. He got yeah. you. He's gonna put you to the right direction. Absolutely. My next question, well, actually, before we get to the next question, I want to say anybody out there that's struggling with any thoughts of suicide or any suicide ideation, there is a suicide um, crisis line number out there. The number is 988. So easy to dial 988 is the number. If anybody out there is struggling, or if you know someone that's struggling, if you're struggling yourself, please, please, please reach out to that number 98. 
before I'm gonna ask you a question and I'll answer it first. Um have is there any other time is there any time where you dealt with any thoughts of suicide or any attempts? Or if not, you know, like, like have you suffered from any deep dark depression? I'll answer it first. Um, as a child, I was sexually abused by two of my male cousins. I didn't start dealing with it until like I got like 26, 27. That's not realized I had issues with men, trusting men, not feeling uncomfortable around men. I always wonder why I hung out with girls a lot, but now it makes sense and stuff like that because I tried to bury that trauma in the back of my head and that thing came out like a tumor. It was like, nah, you're not getting away from it. Um, then 2019, lost my mom, my liver cancer. Then nine months later, lost my sister. Um, so, you know, suicide has always been on my mind since a child after getting molested. I remember recently that I tried to run run into the street to get, I got hit by a car. I was trying to kill myself. I mean, you kill myself. Yeah. And mm -hmm. they try to kill myself. And, um, it's crazy that, you know, them thoughts come back and, you know, I've been dealing with thoughts of suicide. It's friends that I told I was going to die. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to be here. You know, by the grace of God, I'm okay now. You know, um, I do micro uh, micro dose, and yeah. that has helped me tremendously. <laughs> um, I'm not no doctor; I don't recommend it. You know, I'm not a health professional, but for me, shrooms and micro dosing has helped me. I haven't had any suicidal thoughts or depression oh. in over two months. Is I've been definitely good. It actually helped me when I got on the plane to Germany. I thought I was like I usually have anxiety getting on a plane yeah. and it was okay so it actually helped me the shrooms yeah it definitely really? yeah wow. they had that kind of effect oh wow well they the place I ordered from online they turn them into gummies so okay okay got you supposed to do that or not but let's say Snoop Dogg when you say shrooms you know I kind of picked well, that. It's, yeah shrooms but they just micro dose it they turn into like some people turn into pill forms and everything so yeah, so it's easy to take because I heard mushrooms are like nasty as heck. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm yeah. But um, yeah, I thought with so many thoughts, it's so many text messages that people say I was gonna kill myself. But um, if you're out there struggling, guys, please reach out to Suicide Prevention Lifeline number ninety eight. There are free resources out there. You know, I recently was volunteering for NAMI Bus County. NAMI is around the whole world, different chapters. They have free online support groups. It's not intended to replace therapy, but you know we all love something free, and it's Everybody. good to be in a group. It's been it's good to be in a group of people that suffer from mental health problems. Because I always tell the people in the group, right. if nobody outside understands mental health, when you come into this atmosphere, this support groups that's virtual online, they get it. You know. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's powerful. Yeah. And I get you as a survivor standing here, sitting here today. Like, come on, yeah. strong. You sound confident. It doesn't get no better than this. I don't know. I don't even know where to start for me. And I started slinging drugs around the age of 14, running with the wrong crowd, trying to be Big Willie. And man, it just ended up doing some licks, on robbery with the guy, shot this dude, shot, a, shot the guy in the leg. I ended up doing the time because, I, of course, I didn't show who the shooter was. He ended up saying my name during the robbery. That's how I even got caught up in it. We had ski masks on. I thought that was the whole point of wearing a ski mask so we don't be identified. <laughs> oh my gosh people uh, my mom hit the age of 12 so she was a baby just herself she left me in the hospital just happened to be so my grandparents was coming my grandma was coming to see me that day she's Pentecost she holding this church she old school bro I ain't never seen her with a pair of pants a day in my life to this day period she old school she raised me up kept me right kept me head on straight I just had bumps I just had some bumps down the road with Jesus I mean him just couldn't get along at the time 
And I just like, I know he didn't put me on this good green herb just to go to church every day. Like it gotta be a better way. And so I get caught up, man, hanging out in these street corners with these guys, man. And then I don't know, man, I was just falling off the wall, smoking weed every day, just drinking and just trying to do, trying to get by. I didn't know what I was getting into, man. I was young, trying to find a way, trying to get some guidance. I did have enough sense, nothing ever join a gang, but I did like the camaraderie that they brought. I did like the brotherhood that gang brought, the gangs brought, but I just didn't have the audacity to wear red or blue all day. That just ain't my thing. <laughs> I didn't get caught up in that. So I ended up going to prison. First time ever getting in trouble, six years in there. And my life changed drastically in there. I mean, as chaotic as it was in there, as, as designed, there's that place in there is designed to bring hell all in your life, to bring destruction, it actually birthed creativity in me. It actually made me a better person. It actually put a, actually gave me a head, put a head on my shoulders, to be honest with you. And I went in there in 2007, 20, 20 years old. I came home, I was 26 years old. And I didn't have a dollar in my pocket, bro. But I did have a plan. <laughs> and I just stuck with it ever since. Built a relationship with my mom afterwards. She just turned, what's today, 28? Dude, she just turned 50 two days ago. I'm 37 years old. We like sister and brother. Every time we talk on the phone, we go hang out. I just Our relationship is just like that now. My dad, he's roughly like 52, 53. So it's just, that's our dynamic, man. That's just the culture I brought up in. It's just different in the South. And to this day, I fell into mental depression, man. Just felt in bad suicidal thoughts. Never really got, never really got as bold as you did. But I was, I had the thoughts though. <laughs> that was bold enough for me. But I thank God that you know He brought me out of that, changed my life around in prison. I came home man to be an inspiration. I came home with gauge set on my heart for warfare of chasing out the men. I came home with allow not allowing myself to ever see men go in and out of the system as the way I saw when I was in there. And I wouldn't allow myself to ever go through that again. So that's why my heart is set on seeing brothers yeah. walking freedom, seeing men holistically walking healing. And that's just what I do. That's my ministry. That's my life. That's my passion. And I uh, planted two churches back home in, in the South. And during the pandemic, man, I got bored after we had to close our church. And I was asking the Lord, man, bro, what I'm going to do? I ain't got nothing else to do. I ain't got no money. Everything shut down. And I don't know when the Lord just began really speaking to me real softly and real easy. And I didn't want to hear it, but he said, I want you to move. I'm going to send you to a place to where it's where men need it, where men are rejected or overlooked and really up here have no have no relationship, have no chemistry. He sent me to one of the coldest places in the world, Boston, Massachusetts. And that's where I am now, man, reaching the heart of men, bro, bringing them together in places where men would never sit in rooms together. I feel like Martin Luther King and Martin, Mark, uh, Malcolm X up here. <laughs> like these, I'm trying to bring a whole new revolution in this city, man. And it's so real and it's so true. So I'm just thankful for it. And I'm thankful for where I'm used at. I'm thankful for where I am right now, currently, my position. So um, that's that's what I do, man. I, I chase out the brothers. <laughs> Anybody out there struggling again with any thoughts of suicide, uh, any suicide ideation, please, please dial the 988 suicide prevention crisis number. Um, like I said, again, NAMI, Bus County, you know, has free online support groups. It's free. You have to go to www.namibuspa.org or, you know, my brother Chris has a man cave in Boston and Charlotte, North Carolina, right? Mm -hmm. yeah, Charlotte, North Carolina. Any men out there struggling in these uh, space to, you know, let go and just let God and just like let stuff, let some stuff steam off, you know, they're available. Um, my next question for you, right? Yeah. What are some good coping skills you could recommend to someone that's struggling with their mental health? But before he answers, ladies and gentlemen, that's listening. 
his coping skills, my coping skills may not work for you, but we're going to say some coping skills because it may work for someone. So go ahead, my brother. Um, coping skills for me, I'm very, I'm a relational individual. So anything relational that has me doing, it really connects and it centers me. I'm not a 12-step guy, although I have taken it off. But for one, journaling, it allows me to pick my thoughts and what I'm dealing with on paper to see what I'm thinking. It allows me to reread what I'm actually writing to know what I'm actually thinking in my head. We have so many thoughts to go in and out of our head. If you don't even write them down, you forget about the next moment, but not to know that that thought still is there and yeah. it will manifest and grow eventually. So to write it down on paper to know what you're about on what you're dealing with. Secondly, my favorite is face-to-face -face conversation, face-to-face -face contact with somebody. Talk to a friend. Yes. On that telephone. Stop texting and call somebody. I think millennials of my, and I'm, I mean, I'm I'm an older millennial, but I think the generation of the day in this culture, we love to text. Like, don't call me. We like to text, but it takes away the stigma or the aura of hearing a voice that an AI can't imitate. And it takes away that, that, that intimate counter of hearing somebody's voice and also hearing somebody encourage you. Man, that's one of the best motivators. And the third thing I do is probably, I write encouragement to myself. Like I get some sticky notes. I may write a scripture down. I may write a, uh, some inspirational. I, I post captions every day on Facebook. And even the captions that I even post, I'm actually putting them in a book to, now, working on that project. But I put those things. It's just something for me to go back to and just reread, man. Just kind of, I get in the car. I mess with my wife sometimes. I put a sticky note in the steering wheel when I know she's leaving out in the morning. Sticky note in the mirror when I know she's about to do her makeup. And it's just an encouragement because when I'm down, those sticky notes I've been putting, planting on her, it, I hear back. So it's, it's always good. <clears throat> Fourthly, go go for a walk. Go walk a dog. Go walk yourself. Just walk go around the block. <laughs> go get some vitamin D and you just go out. Just go out, man. Take Soak it in. I don't care if it is raining a little lightly. You know, just walk. Get your umbrella. Just go out for the day. Go around the block. Walk down a new street you never walked down before. You normally drive down. Just go out for a walk, man, and just get that in you. You feel like you feel refreshed. You feel a little bit, you know, you feel a little bit better. And then fourthly, sometimes just when you're, I don't know your type of occupation or what you do, like me, I'm in an office all day, roughly, or whether I'm out in the community going here and out and about, but sometimes just repositioning yourself. Sometimes you got that favorite recliner you like to sit in front of the TV, sometimes sit on the floor, just reposition yourself. If you always you've got your favorite things you like to do a certain type of way, just reposition yourself. I like to lay on the floor. I like to put something hard or pressure or for me, weighted blanket. In other words, if I ain't got nobody to hug me or go hug someone, sometimes I just reposition myself. It just helps me reposture, realign my, holistically realign my body. Sometimes your body just needs a, a good shift. Though For those of you who don't work out or can't exercise as much, just a, just a reshifting, really, it really, really helps. And then lastly, one of my, um, sometimes what I like to do, I don't do it as much, uh, is sometimes just go for a drive because I don't like to waste gas no more because I'm getting older. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna be honest with y'all, I ain't I can't do it. Oh. No more. <laughs> but if those of you that got a quarter of gas to spare, <laughs> ride down the road, hit the hit hit the highway, man, and just ride for about 20 minutes. Turn put your favorite playlist on. Don't touch it. Don't even put it on shuffle. Just let it ride and just listen to your favorite album and come on back home. You know, just ride, just ride. Don't text nobody. Don't take in no calls. Put your phone on Do Not Disturb and, and just ride, man. And if and of course, my last one is just read, read, read your Bible, read something encouraging, read, reread a chapter of your favorite book. Just read something that can kind of just center you in back to, to know that even though we may live in a hopeless reality sometimes, but 
but you are not, you're not hopeless. You know, life is, God still has purpose for you. So don't give up. Amen. 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 Uh, some coping skills I can recommend, you know, um, like he said, um, reading, also journaling, you know, that could be, you know, voice note journal or, yeah. you know, uh, uh, writing down journal, um, yeah. read your Bible, exercising, that's always good. Coping skills, um, talking to somebody, don't ever talk alone. Okay. I get the whole text part. I get the whole text because, like, sometimes when you talk to somebody, people don't understand or hear what you're going through when you text right. it. Right. So the tone of a text can mess up. So I, I'm yeah. a person like if I'm going through something, I'd rather talk about it on the phone than text. So I get definitely get that. Um right. walking is amazing. I do agree to drive it, even though gas is high. <laughs> <laughs> um driving, you know, one night or morning, whatever it looks like, yeah. that is um a dope thing to do. So it's different coping skills out there, guys. You know, what may work for you, yeah, work for me or him or whatever, you know, vice versa. You know, there's something out there. There's plenty of coping skills you can try. Absolutely. Um, my next question for you, how do you feel about therapy? Oh, I absolutely, absolutely agree with therapy. I highly recommend it. With I, I recommend Jesus and therapy. I always tell people. Jesus, that. That is crazy. JT, I call him JT. Those are my initials. JT, you need JT in your life. Who JT? Jesus and therapy. You need that, man. I know prayer, you know, practice, you know, practicality, you know, practically, going to church just weekly is is good fellowship yeah you know, and praying and you reading your bible just like you automatically already are doing that i'm assuming now you still need those coping skills right yeah. and, so, and also you have to deal with the surface and the reality of where we live in today's society you also need someone to talk to to help you to help to remind you that you're not crazy as you think you are and to also give you a different perspective on the thoughts that you are battling with or whatever you are dealing with and also bringing up those traumas. We're as therapists, we're we're taught and educated on how to bring things out of you that you're overlooking. Our, our job is to find the small details in the picture because you're looking at the bigger bigger spe spectrum of the picture. Mm -hmm. Most people that have these traumas or childhood traumas or things that we're going through, things they're battling with, they only have the end in mind to how to how to get through it, how to get out of it. But our goal in mind is to also show you how to get out of it but also how to how you got it in in the first place because if not you'll go right back to it not even realizing so yeah ther therapists are they do a great job at what they do i can also recommend other therapists in maybe in your city or you know uh, state which you're in but i can i highly recommend therapists therapists they do a great job at what they do they went to school for what they do put in long hours for what they do sure uh, they're great too for you to get free they're part of freedom too so they're they're great um, my next question, well, my last question for you is, um, I want to ask you, um, what can you um, tell someone that's struggling with their mental health, right? You're talking to the person or somebody's listening, tell them why it's important that they put their mental health first, right? I know some of us, you know, we like to put others before ourselves. <laughs> let these, let the people know why it's important to put that they put their mental health first. Oh, man. It's highly important that we put our mental health first. It's an investment. It's actually, it's the cheapest investment that you can ever invest in yourself because it's free. And if you don't take the time to invest in yourself, it can cost you your whole adulthood later. Take, taking time to invest in your childhood. I, I just sit here just telling myself this morning, it's crazy you asked that question now. I didn't even know you asked that question. 
that I know you wouldn't put on this earth to to be here for everybody, to heal everybody while they break us. And you being there for everybody only only weakens the stratum on how how strong you will be in the long run. You being there for everybody, breaking yourself to be there for everybody, stealing away your time to be there for everybody, unbalancing your priorities to be there for everybody, only in the end puts a heavy burden and a weight on yourself. Mental health is so important to where if statistics show that those individuals, that 60% of individuals who don't take the time to invest in themselves mentally, emotionally, and spiritually, and physically, yeah. sooner, 20, 20, up to 20 years sooner than their, phys- than their, their natural lifespan that they could have lived on earth because of the fact that they lived a chaotic and dysfunctional life because they didn't deal with traumas, they didn't balance themselves, because when you when you're dealing with traumas and and, and dysfunctions in your life, it, it puts you in a disarray to where you don't eat properly, you don't exercise properly, yeah. proper sleep, and you're always tired, and you realize why you, your work ethic is, un, is 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 cringing. You pay your bills late, money is always gone, like because your habits of always being there for someone else and never really improperly balancing those things for yourself, uh, so you really shorten your own lifespan. Yeah. You don't really take the time to dial in and balance your life and align yourself, realign yourself on what you need and what's best for you. Yes, I love that. And I want to add, uh, mm. I always say this, nobody's going to put your mental health first like you're going to put yourself. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Not pour from an empty cup. I, I'm a firm believer. I've been through that where I tried to think I had it all as a facilitator. I feel like I had it all, but it was sometimes where I was empty. You know, I was yeah. trying to pour into people and I, you know, shouldn't have been trying to do that. And I only suffered. So, you know, put yourself first because you matter, you know. Exactly. It's good that we want to be there for others, but you have to make sure you're you're there for yourself. If nobody's going to be there for you, make sure you're there for yourself. That's Absolutely. Now, people will use you all your life and then show up at your funeral and wonder why you didn't say nothing when you were going through. <sighs> so it's important that you utilize your time that wow. you provided here on this good earth to invest in yourself and then balance your mental health and whatever that looks like, start that journey as soon as you can. So you can be able to walk out and be able to steal away the traumas and the decoys in your life. So you can get on the journey and path of freedom and live your whole holistic life because you could be married. You may have children and here's what's tough. And I say this, I'm, look, I say this because one thing I've learned about pain, pain don't care who it is at all. Pain, pain has no, no favor of persons, but pain will rob you. And many, I know many people who got married with it. They sit at the kitchen table with their children with it. They graduated high school with it. And all this while they suffering and dealing with pain and never found the time to really get free of their trauma to go into a life of true healing. Oh, I have a mic drop. (laughs) That's so true, man. That's so true. Um, Before I close, I want to say I want to ask you, do you got anything you want to promote? Like what's going on next with you, you know, that you want to share with people? Uh, no, well, right now, for those of you who, who may not know, because I'm obviously new on this. Yes. Uh, so I have a book out. I've co-authored with a book with Robert Marshall. You can look us up on IG. You can look me up on IG. It's Christopher Boulder um, on IG. Or you can look up Robert Marshall. Robert Marshall and our project. And we have a, about, it's about 30 authors in there. We all co-authored on a book called Echoes. Yeah, And you could check out Echoes and Echoes is a story and I'm going to give you a disclaimer. Echoes is a story of men who've dealt with sexual trauma 
and mental se and, and sexual abuse and men dealing with mental health as well uh, over their lifespan. And, and they talk about their story, how they got into it, what happened with it and how they got free from it. When I tell you that the feedback we've been, the reviews we've been getting from people that could barely make it through half the book because it was so entrenching, but it also motivated a lot to get up off their chair and say, you know what, I'm going to get free. If he can get free in what he's been through, then I know I can get free of what I'm dealing with. And I'm, and of course, and I'm, I'm as well as in it. And I've dealt with some aspect because of my, my story dealing with imprisonment. I deal with some, some, some things that I've witnessed and seeing men, how they've been sexually abused and how they life, what happened to, what happens in life after them when they're in prison, they've been sexually abused while they're in there. What happens? What does it look like? behind closed doors. So I also deal with that in my story as well. It's a great book, man. I highly recommend it. You can catch it on Amazon. It's called Echoes, Echoes of Survivors, man. And it's a great, it's a great read. And I hope it helps you and motivates you and inspires you to start on your freedom journey. So yes, you got a story inside the book? Yes. Oh, I... I'm on the cover. I'm okay, on the okay, cover. Okay, okay. I, 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 I see the name. So I read that book, right? Yeah. Um, so let me. I read that book. Um, it definitely is a trigger warning. <laughs> it's, it's a trigger. Look, I always say that. a couple of times, and especially if you like that stuff deep. Survivor, man. yeah. So, um, it's crazy. I don't know how. Well, I know how the guy Nolan reached. I think he connected me or whatever like that. Mm. Where me and my friend Nettie, we just did a um event for sexual abuse survivor awareness month. We did one our first year last year. One of the survivors that was on there, I think he wound up passing away. They got us Corey George to come on and somebody recommended him to guy Nolan. And he told yeah. me about Survivor Circle. And then I saw the book and I was like, oh, wow. Like, I'm not the only one. You know, at first yeah. it was just me that was the only one speaking about, I thought I was the only one speaking about, about sexual abuse. So when I read the book, I was like, man, this is a lot. Yeah, I read the book, right? <laughs> and I don't remember all the stories. There's some yeah. stories that stuck out to me. I think the, the first one was like anonymous and stuff like that. Ronald McCray, that's like my bro. I talked to him. Yeah, he in Baltimore. That's my guy. I yeah, I visited <laughs> him at his church like yeah. October when I was coming coming back, you know, to Delaware. And yeah. um, that book is amazing. I can say that book has changed my life and, and wow. everything. Uh, me and my friend Nettie, she's a survivor too. Me and her are going to like um, come on my podcast soon okay. and we're gonna, um, do a book review of it. That's you know, I, I had to order the book again because I gave it to one of my friends. He wasn't abused. I was like, yo, you need to read this book. I yeah. don't want to really understand like what survivors go through and like understand like why sometimes I may be depressed. Sometimes I may be acting a certain way. Yeah, and I got the book when I was in Germany, but I wound up ordering it again. So support is support. Yeah, but that book is amazing. Reddit did not know that you, I just looked at the Audible thing. I did not know that you yeah, was in there, yeah. but that's so dope and stuff like that. Um, Thank you for coming on the podcast to talk mental health. I'm always excited when people say yes, especially men, because, you know, a lot of men don't speak up about mental health, or don't talk mental health. So I'm so happy that you said yes to come on. Absolutely. Thanks for asking. Thanks for the invite. I appreciate Thank it. You, man. you have a great day. You too.